Welcome to The Lisa Show, uh, the book club edition. We are reading and discussing More Than a Body. Uh, really excited to discuss chapter two today, critiquing and creating your media environment. And I think that we have the perfect uh, guest today for this and to talk about it, my good friend, Ashley Rose Rees. Welcome. Hello. Thank you Hello. for having me. This is Tell so us, fun. first of all, a little bit about yourself. Um, I have four kids. I live in Lehigh. I work full-time as an influencer, even though I don't know why I feel weird saying that because I just feel like there's a lot of negativity around it, but that is what I do. I share on social media. I have a couple of businesses I've built um, from there, and I've been doing that for like 10 or 11 years. I feel kind of like a grandma in the industry now, but it's it's great. <laughs> well, and I should mention too, you say influencer, but body positivity influencer. Yeah, I specifically focus on body positivity, so... Yes. so that's why it, it talking matters about a lot this. to me, yes, yes. yes. And this particular... Uh, book and this particular chapter is very is really in your wheelhouse. Yes, very much so. I, I love this book. I actually know the authors. I went to college with them and read it a while ago, and it's been fun to refresh it again yeah. and listen again. And it's really just, it's such a big thing that we deal with daily in our lives, and social media really does make it that much more intense. And so I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad <laughs> to have you here for that. Be um one thing that I, has really been eye-opening to read this book again in anticipation yeah. for the book club has been how prevalent the influences uh, that maybe I forget about on a daily basis yeah. are. Mm -hmm. So I feel that on days when I'm struggling with my body image and I go, huh, I wonder why this is. And I'm sort of reevaluating the influences, which is what chapter two is about. Yeah. I, I read I read this chapter and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that is harder. That is yeah, much it is harder. It's amazing that any of us feel good about our bodies Ever. at any time. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of beating myself up for having a bad day, where I'm like, yeah. why do I feel this way? Like we're up against a lot. We're up against. And a lot. sometimes it's helpful to like get like in the chapter it breaks it down to like an actual list of all the things and procedures and you know appointments and all these things we're supposed yeah. to stay on top of just to like maintain some crazy standards. So. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder we're tired. No wonder. <laughs> and I also want to mention for those who are uh, watching the video on mm -hmm. YouTube, we didn't plan just wearing all black, we didn't. but I love that we did. We both I just didn't wore even all black. plan enough to do my hair right. today. So no. we're just. It, it's just like, I don't want to think about it as much no. as. Absolutely. Yeah. As I do. And so having this podcast sort of, I hope, gives us this freedom, yes, right? Absolutely. To really focus on what matters the and yeah. the message. Love that. So I want to acknowledge that. Okay. Right at the beginning, yeah. I love this chapter. It just asks the question, what influences the way you feel about your body? Yeah. And I'm wondering... What influences the way that you view your body now, knowing all the things that you know? So I think one thing that I have to constantly keep in check is I have spent the last couple of years really deconstructing all the things that I grew up believing I needed to do, be, look like, to be acceptable by society and all the stuff, you know? So I think what influences me now, I have to be more conscious about it. I have to think through the things that really do matter. I have to think about like the parts of my body that work and function the way I do them to and um, just kind of focus on gratitude because there is so many influences from like, you know, it used to be like TV and magazines and now mm -hmm. it's like the mom next door and like the person you're following on Instagram. Like there's all these, I mean, literally thousands of subliminal thoughts we get throughout the day about we should do better, look better, 
and all this stuff, like all the products and things that are pushed to us to make us think that we need to change. Right. And and some of it's done for reasons of competition. And some mm-hmm. of it is um, like the one that gets me <laughs> to just go ahead and get real personal right from the get-go. Yes, let's do it. Um, is, is this, I don't ever want to... St- I value productivity so much. I don't ever want to be viewed as being lazy. Like, oh, if I just worked harder or worked smarter or longer, then I could crack the code for all of this. That's, you know, it's that sort of like achievement. Driven, um, yeah. And and that's that's the part that I that trips me up that I have to combat. Interesting. That yeah. resting isn't lazy, and that having yes. a balance isn't um, you know this sort of consumer or hyper anxious yeah sort of tone because that's not good for me for my family or or for whatever. But yeah, so I, I appreciate how they address that different sources and different messaging will affect people in different ways. So you might say. It might be easy for me to say to somebody like, "Yeah, don't don't care about that." Yeah, like who cares? You know how like tall you are, or how how much you weight, or whatever. Life. But you might yeah. worry about something else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like yeah. no one gets to sort of escape it. Yeah, that's the good news. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here talking about. I know. Let's fix it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious too about the the specific messaging that you've have seen as a body positive social media influencer, how it's changed over the last little while. It's so interesting because even like I actually started on social media giving diet tips. So it's just kind of funny because that was like almost 10 years ago because that was my focus. I was having, I had all my kids and I just was like kind of obsessed with like what I saw as very normal, which was losing the baby weight and getting your body back and all this crazy messaging. Yeah, you saw it as normal, which is something they totally talk about. Yeah, Yeah, you like don't even see the trap you're like stuck in, but it was obsessive and it was out of control. And I know we talked about this on the last time we chatted, but like I was sharing tips on the internet and internet about like storing diapers inconveniently, like upstairs, you'd have to run upstairs 10 times a day when you change diapers, like all these crazy things. That's funny to look back now, but I feel like there is a shift. And I always see this like pendulum in this conversation where like this crazy obsessive dieting culture that people really got sucked into. And it's not just us, you know, like our moms and grandmas, like everyone, women have been pushed to this, like be thinner, be better messaging for so long. And so I think with social media, we kind of took it and then we like swung to the other side, like eat whatever you want, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter and whatever. And I just feel like there's like this soft place where it doesn't, what we do with our bodies needs to be from a place of love, mm-hmm. not shame driven. Cause we do want to take care of our bodies, of course, right. um, to the best that we can, but not in this like obsessive shame filled way. But I do think it matters, you know, like to include healthy food and water, like those things are important, but we don't want to restrict ourselves to a point of like hating ourselves into it, you yeah. know? So being able to enjoy your life and finding the balance, I think there's like a shift that goes both ways. And I see mm. really like intense conversations happening on both ends. And so I just try to look for stuff that's a little bit more gentle, that yeah. like honors your body without shaming it and really being able to like live a full life experience where we're not so obsessed with either way of thinking, you know? Yeah. All those extremes. Yes. I think extremes get the headlines, extremes totally. get the media money. attention, the money. So much money. <laughs> and that that was an important part of this chapter too. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Um, and that idea of softness 
and of gentleness, I think is is just at the core of of how we want to be treated, right? Yeah, and how we exactly. want to treat other people. Yeah. So why wouldn't we do that for ourselves as as yes. well? And I and I love that. I love that they talk about um not thinking, feeling humans, but bodies to be consumed. You know, oh like that gosh, that yeah. normalized objectification. Yeah. Has us completely distracted. Distracted yes. from that like gentle like where you're disconnected from your body. You're yeah. like it has to look this way and then my feelings are separate instead yeah. of seeing that like you're this whole person. Yes. And I that, thought that was interesting. Yeah, this pressure like really affects us on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know, it is super interesting to think about. And I also think about um yeah, I think it. this is actually at a different place in the book, but I like when she talks about whenever you see anything or listen to a message, think about how absurd it would be if it were delivered to a man. Yes. And that really stops me out of stuff real quick. I'm like, wait, what would it look like if this was a message catered to a man? And it seems absurd. And so yes. like, okay, let's find that place where like mutually, no matter, you know, male or female, we're respecting our bodies and taking care of it and not like objectifying. We don't spend, like there's not pages and products dedicated to like men's stomachs and eyebrows. And really, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is what it, it, it said. If women on screen, um, this is on page 44, are much more likely than men to not have speaking roles yeah. and to be naked or half naked. And mm-hmm. the percentage of female teens depicted nude or semi-nude has increased dramatically in, yeah. female, in, in recent years. And I thought this... Uh, this statistic surprised me, a whopping 62% of women in the United States are over 40. Yeah. So most are over 40, yet we don't see them. We pretend like they just disappear. Did you watch Taylor Swift's documentary um, on Netflix? No, I haven't, but I've talked about it. Oh my gosh, I love it. She specifically says like, there's like a graveyard of women in Hollywood and music once you hit 40, like you're irrelevant and you don't care. And so yes, of course, we're all struggling because we don't see it represented well. And if, you know, like, I mean, if we do see it, it's usually like people that are not wanted or welcome or they're the villains and all this stuff like just yeah. happy successful women over 40 can you imagine I know because you do you feel this it creates this anxiety not only in how you look but like again what you've achieved and yes. like time's running out because yeah. then I won't get I'm irrelevant any, yeah yes. and I think especially in the end of you know, entertainment Absolutely, industry yeah. too for singers for actors I know yeah. the other day I got a I was never going to talk about this, but here we go. <laughs> I got, uh, sometimes I get like, you know, casting requests like, oh, we're casting for this or yes. that. I mean, usually for like, you're, it's like the mom role, like, great, fine. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, never a romantic lead, but that's that's <laughs> casting. That's my, anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I wasn't getting cast as a romantic lead in my 20s. So it's- anyway, um, but I got, it was like a casting call for a woman in her 60s. The, um, like like an angel, like oh that was supposed goodness. to be this benevolent. And I was like, 60. No. Like, and somehow being like, oh, so well, like, you I'm look a- great for 60. I, that, and I was like, is that the key? Do I just need to like go for, like, They're oh just yeah, you, you look up. so good for 60. Oh my like, gosh. What are we doing? Like, anyway, oh, it hurt my crazy. feelings. Yes. And then I was making fun of myself because I was like, it shouldn't hurt your feelings. Like, who cares about age? Yeah. Like, but is it does, the role interesting? Do you want to do? And I was like, yeah. oh. I just, think the reason it hurts our feelings too, though, is because it, it kind feelings. of means like your value is 
based on your age relative to what you present, right? So yeah. I like how yeah. and they talk about the book. They talk about how men in Hollywood, it's encouraged like silver fox, like rugged, like go gray, yeah. get old, and it's whatever. And the but dad bod is so cool. So cool, even though they never even like bore the child. Yeah, you're like. But it's, it's just crazy. And so, but with women, it's like, yeah, the older you get, you always see older men characters with younger women, but you don't see the reverse. You don't have some 60-year-old woman partnered with a 35, year old lead as like a romantic interest. And so this is why it's just so interesting. And when we start to see, once you become aware of it, and that's yeah, what I love about people like this book, you see things, even just the way they pose women on magazines versus men. It's just so hypersexualized, so body focused, so objectifying, and it just is absurd. And it does... Like for people who, you know, don't have anything, you know, they're not an influencer, they're not in the entertainment industry, they're not like, it is just society. Yes. What we see and what we, it's supposed to be a reflection of real life anyway, right? From a very young age. So the expectations that that we have of what a man looks like and what a woman looks like. And here's the thing too, I don't want to, you know, vilify men. I actually think that beauty standards are getting worse for men. So instead of making it better for women, we're like, yeah, it's bad. It should be bad for you, you too. Should be, we should all and suffer. And we're making it both <laughs> worse for both sexes, which I think is the wrong yeah, way to go. Of course. Anyway, but... Yeah, and that's like, obviously, we don't want to vilify men. That's not the no. problem. It's just, I think when we are aware of what's happening and when we see it in messaging, we can just kind of self-check to be like, oh, that's crazy. Like, men do get to live more comfortably with less pressure. And I just think women should have the same right. Yeah. But it really wouldn't takes... Wouldn't it be great? Yes, wouldn't it be so great? And it just really takes, I think, a lot more effort um, on our part right now. And like, I hope in the future it would be something that's more, um, I don't know, just more accepted, I guess. Yeah. And just more part of yes. something that we could take for granted yeah. as well. You know, I love that... Um, I love how like vulnerable that um, Lindsay and Lexi get in this book. Mm -hmm. But it also really breaks my heart when they're telling, uh, you know, they'll say, here's what the research says. Here's what we found out. Here's the studies. Mm -hmm. And then let me tell you what I felt like when I was nine years old. And describing it is heartbreaking. And they say, I'm not at all surprised. I felt too fat to be normal, acceptable, or loved at age nine. Yeah. And it just, it breaks your heart because you think, but what have we learned since then? Like, I don't want any nine-year-old to feel that way. Absolutely not, I just, I thought thought that was just an interesting way to introduce the media messages. And what they say on 49 is, most media messages about women's bodies are based on the idea that our happiness, health, power, and relationship status depend upon our consumability. Yes. How good we look to others and how irresistibly sexy we are. Mm-hmm. And then they go on, you know, to talk about the, the specifics of that. And yeah. um, I'm curious as to, like, your, again, your perspective of that, not just as, like, a, as an influencer— because you can see it from a different place, but also, yeah. like, as a mother. Yeah. I mean, I my first— in my life experience, I was eight years old when I first became aware that I was like different sizes than my friends um, and family. And I remember being in second grade and me and my friend weighing ourselves and I was like six pounds more than her or something. I was just like devastated. I thought I was like so 
I don't know. It's so crazy. Like at such an early age, a weight, six pounds, even like not even, who even knows what that looks like on a child? Pretty much nothing, I'm guessing. But just like the immediate devastation and embarrassment I felt from it. And I had, you know, good parents and we, I felt like loved and I I don't know where I picked up the messaging that my value changed Mm -hmm. if my weight was higher than my friends. For some reason, I felt like that made me less valuable as a human. And that's like the earliest memory I have of it, but I have hundreds, maybe thousands of memories where I was comparing myself and whatnot. So you read like their experiences and you read the statistics. And I remember reading something once that it was like body hate by eight. That's usually like the age where most women remember and start to compare themselves. And it's interesting in this chapter how they talk about all these, even like child movies where there's animals and like the animals have like long eyelashes (laughs) and are more curvy, like a dog. Like they already are like making it be like, this is the more acceptable way to look if you want to be feminine, like feminine, if you want to be desired and loved. And I think that's what's sad too is like, a young kid, you don't really understand romantic love totally, but you can kind of see based on the movies and the things we watch that like, yeah, you are loved if you look a certain way. And that's just such a problematic way to think about it. So of course, like I have a daughter, she's, I have three boys and um, they're awesome, but their body issues are very different if, if hardly any, honestly, compared to my daughter. And I do feel exceptionally like driven to help protect her and try to prolong this eight-year-old, you know, she's seven. And I'm like, and she honestly, sadly has started to say things about her body as hard as I work, my full-time job, everything I talk about on the internet. And I am so aware, like getting pregnant with her was actually, when I was pregnant with a daughter, that was one of the catalysts for me wanting to change. And so I I could honestly say like my entire life and experience with her has been working really hard Mm -hmm. to encourage her to love her body. But it's, there's such an opposing force in the things that she sees and hears and reads and watches that somehow would have her convinced otherwise that my boys never talked like that or brought things up about themselves. Hmm. And so it's just, it takes a lot of work. And so, yeah, I think from an influencer perspective, I'm really hyper aware of the people I follow and the messages they're spreading based on the research I've done. Um, but also as a mother, I I feel really protective and really like, okay, this is something that needs to change. And it, it feels really hard. It does. Um, but it's so, it's, I do feel like there is a shift and there is a change mm-hmm. coming and moving along. And that's why I appreciate that this book does offer like, hey, you can do this. Yeah. You know, and it's not completely like, Step one, step two, Mm-mm. but it's we do have influence. I love that yeah. they they point out that seventy five percent of the consumers are women, like yes. of the household. Like yeah. we are the ones that are spending the money totally. on these products or not. And if yeah. we don't buy them, they go away. They like, do. Yeah, we do have more power, I think, than a lot of times that we think we do. But yeah. it, but it takes like a combined effort. It does, and we want to take. Um, you know, we talked about this last time we chatted too, but we we feel we don't want to like villainize women against other women, right? Sure. But I yes. do feel like once you start learning more about this and you learn how it can affect um young girls and boys, we can start to change it and like let people do whatever they want to do. But there I do feel like there is a huge benefit in voices. And that's one of the things I try to do on Instagram, just sharing another perspective. Like, and I'm not trying to say anyone's bad for doing the things that they do and the money they spend to look a certain way. But I do think the more people talking about a different way to live, the better. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the better for the next generation yes, too. Yes, because it's all about representation. Like we want to see more people represented. I think it would have changed my life had I seen anyone um, that looked anything like me. And I think about women of color too, yeah. like how important it is. Did you see all the videos of the girls crying when they saw Little Mermaid? Yes. And it, like my girl? heart was just oh, like, oh, this representation matters. matters. We need yeah. to see our stories and 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 everybody to say that, yeah. oh yeah, this is beauty. This is... yeah. Because, like, as a big girl, I only ever saw big girls as, like, the comic relief in a movie or, like, the sidekick friend, never the love interest, never the person who was, like, achieving anything, you know? It was just, like, the teased person, Mm -hmm. like— I like how she talks about in Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. How Zach Morris, it. it's so sad he has to go to prom with a chubby girl. That was like a whole, I'm like, yeah, I remember and that. That wasn't that long ago no. that they filmed that. I read no. that too and I was like, oh, I know that. I episode. automatically I remember. That. Yeah, yes. and it's crazy. So, yeah, I think it's just, it takes work, but um, that yeah. representation matters. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do online and what people, I've, so many people are doing such a beautiful job of just showing another perspective, showing another experience that mm-hmm. helps more representation. Yeah, I I would love to end this um, first part of chapter two mm-hmm. uh, by talking about those specifics that they name in in the chapter. I thought this was really interesting. Yeah, because to have an honest discussion about it, we have to acknowledge that you know we might not struggle with one thing, but struggle with another thing. When I was reading this, I was like, oh yeah, oh I forgot about that. <laughs> so immersed in object objectification from head to toe. So we're taught to deconstruct ourselves into parts in need of fixing. And so then they mentioned the parts like hair, how hair, like even like, you know, your eyebrows, your eyelashes, armpit hair, leg hair, everything. It's like the hair up here needs to be full and manicured and colorful. And the roots. There's a script. A script. Yeah. Hair below, non-existent. Don't. No. (laughs) And then your eyes. And they talked about like eye color and eyelashes and all like, you know, how you're supposed to brighten your eye, yeah. like all of that. And then skin, this is the one that kills me because I don't know how anyone can do this one. Yeah. It's like you can't have visible pores, stretch marks, veins, moles, freckles, spots, lines, wrinkles. Like it shouldn't like, look like skin. Like I was like, <laughs> there was this Doctor Who episode, I'm going somewhere with this, <laughs> where it was like in the way, 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 way future. Yeah. And this really, really rich woman was just a flat, pulled tight top, um, skin. Oh my god! Like with the face, just skin with yeah. the face. And she had to have people like moisturizer all the time and stuff like that. But it, it was like taking beauty ideals Crazy. to the extreme so that yeah. she didn't even have a body. It was just like this flat, this flat face. That oh my like, gosh. And when they were describing what our skin should look like, it's not what skin looks like. Yeah. I mean, no 80 to 90% does. of... Of women have cellulite. It's yeah. just the way that the it's the way the composition of our the body composition works. of our. I, yeah. It's literally our bodies. Yeah, and yet we're not supposed to. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. But it reminded me of like how far will it go? Yeah, to have, have that. To, my boys love Doctor Who, so I'll have to ask about that episode. You could have a really good discussion. I'm not very about, good about watching that show with them about but body they love it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the David Tennant one. Yeah, no, yeah, David Tennant okay. series. Awesome. Check it out. Um, <laughs> And then weight and shape. Because oh I gosh. think with body, everybody thinks, oh, it's just the weight and, and no, shape. yeah. It's every yeah. little detail. Our nails, our toes, and yeah. eyebrows. And, oh, the lumps. And you're supposed to look smooth and yeah. airbrushed and things like that. And so um, just as like the last question of this, when we talk about then 
what our looking our personal best is, which mm-hmm. is is how it is handed and presented to us. Yeah. How do you how do you interpret that? So I just feel like the personal best for me is like comfortable and well cared for. So that doesn't like I like to go get my hair done. Mm-hmm. Do I know if it's because I've been conditioned by society? I don't know. But I enjoy the experience. I like doing my hair. So to me, that's care. There's a lot of other procedures I'm super not comfortable with. I don't think Botox is fun or comfortable. It gives me anxiety to not be able to move my forehead. I, I've done it. I'm like, what? People <laughs> like this? Um, and there's another woman I follow on Instagram who talks about muting ourselves with Botox. Like we mute ourselves so our expressions are oh. gone. And I've just, it's really, it's made me stop wanting it because I'm like, yeah, I just, I have an expressive face. Like I like to use it, but you know, I think I want to care for my body. I think exercise is important from a place of like celebrating what our bodies can do. I think fueling our bodies with good nutrition. I like to think more about adding things that are good for us because it helps fuel our body, helps it, you know, function better, obviously hydration and water. But, um, I, so if it feels like love and care, I want to do it. If it feels crazy and because someone's trying to make money um, and there's just so much money. And I do so think much. from an influencer side, I I am very aware of how much money is being pumped into these campaigns. I was offered once $30,000 to post about a, um, a weight loss program. That was I used to be a school teacher. That was more than I made it in a year. Yeah. And it was actually like, I thought, I was like, oh, that sounds, well, I can't turn down that much money. Mm. It's crazy. But I've never been offered that amount for anything before, but it was for a weight loss program. And I'm like, this is, I just think I see the back end. I see what companies are willing to pay for like skinny tees and weight loss and all this stuff. Like, And I just think as a consumer, being aware of that is helpful because because there's so much money to be made. Mm-hmm. And so I think looking at messaging as, are they trying to get money from me? Mm-hmm. Or is this something that is going to help me feel better about my life? That's why I just think about simple health decisions. Of course, you want to take care of your body. But if someone's trying to make money, think twice, maybe five or 10 times about yeah. whether or not it's something you actually need to pick up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well said. Well said. I love it. It's This book it does a really great job of sparking really important conversations. So thank you for joining us for chapter two, part one on Lisa's book club. Mm-hmm. 